Welcome to the Harley Flanagan Show. Today, I'm going to talk about PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Post-traumatic stress disorder. It's usually something that we 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 think of uh, soldiers, we think of people, combat veterans, when we think of post-traumatic stress disorder. But actually, a lot of people deal with PTSD and deal with the symptoms, and and honestly. I never thought about PTSD and I certainly never thought that I had it until um, I was having a conversation with my friend Jocko Willink, a Navy SEAL. You may know who he is. If you don't, you should definitely look him up. I was uh, doing his podcast. And uh, during our conversations, we were talking about PTSD. And um, I was telling him about, I was actually talking to him, I think, about Webster Hall and, and uh, the situation that went down there back in 2012. And I was uh, explaining to him... Um, how after that went down, I was uh, I was having a hard time dealing with um, people. Um, you know, you got to figure I got set up and I got jumped by not just people I knew, but um, people who were Chromex fans. In fact, so. It kind of put me in a head where, you know, typically when someone comes up to me, you know, they look like they're in the hardcore punk rock, you know, typically when they come up to me, it's usually, you know, all good, you know, it's like they either, you know, like your band, you know, can I get an autograph, whatever, whatever it is. But all of a sudden it was like, you know, people would come up to me or recognize me and, uh, I didn't really know how to react. Like, do I wanna, you know, is this person coming to me, do they like want an autograph? Do they wanna take a picture? Or do I have to be ready to like punch them in the throat? You know, it would put me in a really, really awkward place. Um, you know, especially because, you know, they were people from the hardcore scene, you know? So uh, imagine imagine how that feels, like the, the type of conflict, like do I, is this a friend or is this an enemy that's coming at me? Is this somebody I have to possibly defend myself against or is this somebody who who's a fan? Uh, 
And um, anyway, so I was talking to Jocko and, uh, you know, talking about the Lower East Side and, and some of my experiences growing up down there. And, um, and he said that uh, absolutely, positively, without any doubt that I have PTSD. And when uh, Jocko Willink, a Navy SEAL, tells you that you have PTSD, you take his word for it. <laughs> I'll take his uh, I'll, I'll take his word over any psychologist who has uh, whatever degree in psychology. I think uh, I think in this instance, I think Jocko probably knows. And, um, you know, sometimes when I'm going through a lot of stress, it starts to kind of build up. Um, and again, you know, I really didn't know anything about post-traumatic stress disorder other than that, you know, some combat veterans experience it, you know. So actually, when I do start feeling like I'm getting, I don't even really know how to explain it. Like for instance, when I go down to the Lower East Side now, you know, I feel it in my stomach, you know, I feel my knees, I feel like that uh, springy, like, like ready to jump, like uncomfortable, feeling that like something could happen and the, the the ironic thing is that the Lower East Side is probably one of the safest places around now you know there's yuppies everywhere and cops everywhere and but because of my experiences down there and all the things that I saw and and all the things I was involved with I immediately get uncomfortable and I literally physically feel it in my stomach. I feel it in my knees and I feel it, I can't even really say, just uneasy. Like at any moment something could jump off. And um, you know, I guess when you've been shot at, you know, when you've been in in enough fights, when you've been stabbed, when you've been on, when you've, when you've stabbed, when you've been stabbed, when, you know, all, all these different things. And, you know, just the violence and the drugs of the neighborhood and everything, you know, it scars you. And, and uh, you, I, I didn't realize it then because I was living it. I was in it. When you're in it, you don't have, you don't really have time to uh, to reflect and, and 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 look back. It's like uh, when when you're in that moment, you know. But now, all these years later, you know, hindsight, uh, especially after writing my book, you know, and then you know parts unknown and all this stuff. The final episode that I was on with 
with my friend Anthony Bourdain, may he rest in peace. You know, it brings a lot of that stuff back up to the surface, but now it's harder for me than it was then. I, Um, it's hard to explain. It really is. But when I do feel that anxiety, I, uh, I'm lucky that I have some solid friends that I can reach out to. And, and ultimately I think, uh, you know, I wish Tony would have reached out to somebody. And, um, and people out there who are going through those dark places, you gotta reach out to somebody. You can't, you can't always handle this type of shit on your own, whether it's depression or PTSD. My friend, uh, Matt Ruskin, He's a Marine, and um, you know we've been friends a long time. I've known him through jujitsu. He's a, he's been an MMA fighter, and uh, he's seen some heavy combat, and he's been through some pretty intense things. And uh, he's one of my go-to guys when I'm really just at the edge, you know. Um, hey, you know when you when you're in trouble, you know. There's no one better to call than a Marine, right? So, um, anyway, I'm gonna give him a call because uh, he's my dude, you know? And uh, I think he can give some insight on some of this, you know? He's one of the people that really explained a lot about this to me, you know? I'm gonna give him a buzz and see if he's uh, reachable. Yeah. Oh yeah, my man. What's going on? How's everything? Everything is great. Good, 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 good. People, this is my friend, my brother, Matt Ruskin. How's everybody? Now, um. I was just talking a little bit about um, how I found out that I was dealing with post-traumatic stress. I didn't even know that I was until, um, is that your phone? Yeah, that's my sister calling. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's up, sister? <laughs> no, I didn't even realize that, uh, that I, well, first of all, let me start off by saying I never threw that term around, um, too loosely because I feel that that um, it, it would be a disservice uh, to to people who have really been through some serious shit like combat veterans who suffer from post traumatic stress and stuff like that and I figured like you know who the fuck am I to even um, try to be a, a, a bitch like you know I'm gonna be like uh, you know oh I've suffered oh I've been through this oh it made me stress I got PTSD you know and obviously you know. It's not something that uh, that I I felt entitled to be able to even say when when I know the type of shit that other people have gone through. Like who the fuck am I? But you know, 
talking with you and 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 people like uh Jocko, you know, that brought that put it in a different perspective, you know. I mean, it's like you know, uh well, shit, man. You told me that it 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 really it's like trauma. Period. Look, that that PTSD is a perfectly normal response to an abnormal situation that you find yourself in. And, you know, for combat vets, obviously you go and you land in some foreign country and, you know, for the better part of, you know, seven months a year, whatever your deployment is, people are trying to actively kill you. Um, that is so far on the opposite end of what you're used to, you know, your whole life in the States that, yeah, it's, it's going to affect you to some to some extent, some more than others. You know, I think we were talking the other day when I said somebody walking down, you know, Avenue A, everything's going along tickety-boo, and the next thing you know, a bus hits somebody in front of them, and that person, like, instantly explodes. All of a sudden, they're wearing somebody that was, you know, a second before, like, just walking, minding their business in front of them. Is that person less traumatized than somebody who's in the military that, you know, sees somebody explode from like a, an IED right in front of them. No, it's, 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 it's all trauma, man. And, you know, to say, to say that one person's trauma because of the situation is any worse or less than the other. I think, I think that's just, that's just wrong. And, you know, I know we've, we've had the discussion a lot. I just, you know, it, it kind of, you know, when you were telling me you felt that way, it's like, no, nah, man, you, you saw some shit too. Yeah. You know, you saw some shit at a at an early age where it's gonna stick with somebody, you know. Yeah, I, you know, it's, I didn't even realize how affected I was, you know. Um, after the Webster Hall thing, it it it, it was really bad. Um, like I remember when I was actually in the hospital um, before I went out to Rikers, like they're wheeling me down the hall and like I, I felt like every time the doors opened, like I literally felt like people were gonna jump out, you know, like it was really fucking freaky. Um, but again, you know, like I, 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 who hasn't had a fight, you know, who hasn't been uh, jumped? Well, I guess most people haven't, but, <laughs> but uh, you know. Who hasn't done this shit? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, but, um, the, the, I was talking to you one time about, like, I was describing, like, the physical, the feeling, the, the, the anxiousness, the, the jumpiness, like, in your, almost like your body, like, you want to spring, like, 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 I was telling my friend one time that, like, you know, most people, like, say you go from, uh, fr from, say one is like normal and 10 is like ready to fucking flip out. And I'm like, you know, most people, you know, they go from one, they go to two, they go to three, and maybe it stops at four or five and it goes back down or, you know, very rarely maybe it gets all the way up to a certain, but I don't even have that benefit. Like, I mean, it goes from like one to nine. Like I'm already kind of... Necessity. You know, when you're when your body's going through that response, it's responding to to a past event, and 
where you've had to go from one to we're throwing down immediately. And that's that's where, you know, the, I guess the intricacies of PTSD is where it re- rewires your brain to translate all events as that same event. And it's, you got your, your fight, flight, or freeze mechanism and just going from zero, you know, all the way up to nine, 10, like, you know, we're DEFCON, you know, one, whatever it is, then, you know, you're fighting, you're ready to fight. And it could be as simple as somebody just saying, hey, what's up, man? That just triggers that response because yeah. let's say you're walking down the street, somebody says, hey, what's up, man? You turn around to acknowledge him. The next thing you know, you get stabbed by his buddy. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's your, your brain is rewired to remember that moment. And that's trauma. And it doesn't matter civilian, military, combat, you know, Avenue D. That's trauma, man. And, and the effects of that are going are gonna to affect you no matter who you are. Yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you, man, talking to you has been uh, very, very uh, helpful and therapeutic for me because, like I say, you know, for, as a civilian, you know, regardless of my, my past experiences and stuff, I still, you feel, uh, well, or I feel, um, I don't know if unworthy of that diagnosis is, is the is the right words but you really kind of put it into perspective you know uh uh it, it yeah you know look the the feeling of being worthy of a diagnosis man i mean you gotta you gotta let that go and, and you know is is the child who was sexually abused unworthy of that diagnosis no you know, is, you know, a woman who is violently raped unworthy of that diagnosis? No. Is a victim of an assault unworthy of that diagnosis? Absolutely not. You know, there's there's stressors that can cause the reaction that gives you PTSD that from from, from anything in the civilian world. Yeah. And yeah. no, man, you're, you're not unworthy of the diagnosis. If you've been through trauma, you're worthy of the diagnosis. You know, it's just... The, the, the diagnosis itself has been, I guess, associated with military service. Yeah. And that's the, that's the general association that, that people have is PTSD, military, you know, and that's just not the case. I mean, it's anybody that's been through something traumatic, you know, and, and that's what it kind of, it, 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 Almost hurts me in a way when I hear you say I'm not worthy of that diagnosis. It's like, yo, man, you've been through some shit. You're worthy of it. If you felt, if you've had, if you've been affected by trauma, the diagnosis fits. You know, it's the same thing with anxiety. You know, somebody that has an anxiety disorder, they don't have to necessarily serve in combat to have anxiety. They have, they have a legit anxiety disorder. It's legitimate. You know, and I don't want you to, to not consider what you've been through legitimate. You know, you're. You've been through it, man. This is a, a question I, I, I think I asked you before, and you gave me several several good answers. Uh, or like, how how do how do you deal with this type of shit? I mean, this is something that you know, like for instance, I remember talking to Bourdain, you know, and. Uh, Asking him, you know, like, do you ever stop having that 
that monkey on your your back? Does, does it, like even like all the, you know? Because for those of you who don't, for those of you who haven't read my book, you know, I did a lot of drugs in my in my youth, and um, you know, I haven't done any hard drugs in, in many many years. Like since since right before I started training jujitsu, was actually one of the things that that jujitsu saved my life. Really, it gave me a place to go and 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 be around positive people and to train hard and to get my life back together but um but it's always kind of in the back of your head like I know I would never go out and do heroin again or smoke PCP but you know you know there's really like for instance there's no amount of alcohol you know that can really shut the fucking shut me off when I'm when I'm like when I can't sleep when it's four in the morning and I'm just like you know, and and you you you, you one, I think once you've been a heroin addict, you're ne you're just never right again. You know, you 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 it rewires you. You know, it rewires your fucking brain, and and you, it's very difficult to to reset or to shut off. You know, and I asked him. I was like, Tony, does it ever go away? Um, he said, No. <laughs> I was like, fuck. That was not really what I wanted to hear, dude. You know, yeah, like, that's not what I, you know, thanks. <laughs> but um, my, my point is, is, you know, he's a guy that I really felt like, you know, this dude, he's seen it, he's been there, he's been through it, and he landed on his feet. And it's like, and it just goes to show that sometimes the motherfuckers that you really think are the strongest, sometimes the people you think made it through hell to the other side, and like, like I can get answers from this person, like this guy knows, you know, and then to fucking see him go out the way he did, you know. Uh, so like, yeah, so how the fuck, you know, what did, how do you motherfucking military motherfuckers, how do you, how, how do you deal? Right. Tell my fucking civilian ass how to fucking deal with this shit. <laughs> At first, we don't deal with it because we're invincible. We're Marines. You know, you're, you know, Jocko's a seal. It's like, no, no, this, this isn't going to affect me. I'm, I'm fine. Fuck. Um, and then you realize, wow, I'm not fine. Um, and by the time you realize you're not fine, it's, I guess I can, I can equate it to the volume being turned up to such a high level that you'll do anything to turn it back down. Um, and anything to turn it back down could be, you know, alcohol, heroin, whatever. Um, you know, for me, jujitsu turn down the volume um but it was it was always a, a quick fix because i knew if i if i kept training i'd be okay but if i stopped training or if i got hurt then it would just the volume would automatically be cranked up again it's like oh fuck now now here you know um so like four years after you know i finished up my, my you know in iraq I decided to finally go, you know, I kind of acquiesced. It's like, all right, I'll go to the BA. They're probably not gonna be able to do anything for me, but I'll just go. Um, and, you know, 
I got there, you know, started therapy, started treatment. Um, and to my surprise, I mean, it was, they told me straight up, they're like, you've been through it. You're, <laughs> it's a part of you now. It's like, it's, and everything's, it's like all that shit's like bottlenecked. You know, what we have to do is kind of get, clear the bottleneck. And once you clear the bottleneck, you're still gonna lay. It, it's it's still gonna be like a, like a almost like a like a revolving door of memory. It's like a like a movie, and when you get stuck on one particular scene, and that scene, the volume of that scene is turned up as as high as it can go, and you're losing your shit. We're gonna get we're gonna get you to the point where you can turn the volume down on that scene and just let it pass to go to the next scene, and. You know, when it was broken down for me like that, I got it. I'm like, okay. Um, you know, because there were, there were some pretty vivid memories that I was having a really hard time uh, getting past. And, you know, my answer, you know, before I went to treatment was just to train as hard as I possibly could for as long as I possibly could. Because when I was training, I wasn't thinking about it. And I was so exhausted at the end that I was okay. But, again, I got hurt. You know, I had two surgeries in, in 2008 and 9, and that just, that was that was a, a really low point because I couldn't train, I couldn't do anything, and I, w- and I didn't have the, the tools needed to turn the volume down when it needed to go down. Um, and that's when, you know, I, I started taking the, the therapy seriously. And, you know, I remember, I remember we were talking about this about a couple months ago, and you know, I told you, I said, you, you know, trying to figure out how to do that on your own. Yeah. Like trying to learn jujitsu on your own. Yeah, I remember you saying that. And that Just, really, that really actually, that, what you said actually made me uh, want to reach out to some uh, therapists and stuff myself. Because if you if you don't know how, how, you, you, you can't teach it to yourself. You know, one of the one of the first techniques that I learned is uh, it's called a, a grounding technique. Um, when you're when you're stuck in that moment and you're just you know your anxiety's going up, your heart rate's going, you're you know you can't really think of much else. You know, they my therapist told me he's like, look, pick something in the room. You know, it could be anything. Like right now, I'm looking at my son's uh, train table, and he said. Go through every detail of what you're looking at, wow. like every single little detail. And like I'm talking, like you know, the lines of paint on a toy dinosaur detail. And <laughs> like, yeah. like distract yourself, like literally, like fucking get your brain the fuck away from where the fuck it is, like. Absolutely, absolutely. And wow, that's a pretty interesting method and I, I would imagine it would that could be helpful if you're able to actually fucking do it you know what I mean yeah. like to slow the fucking brain down because <laughs> I, I know it's hard sometimes you know I remember I was having like a, a panic attack in his office one day and I'm like and I just I would I didn't know what to do I was like I, 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 and he looked at me he goes well what's the worst that's gonna happen he said what he goes you're sitting here. You're safe. You're not in any danger. You know, your brain's racing, your heart's racing. He goes, but 
what's the worst that you're, that's going to happen? I'm like, I don't know. I, I might pass out. He's like, okay. Then we'll be here when you wake up. Yeah. No. Fucking hear you, man. I kind of thought about it. I'm like, wow. All right. So, what's the worst? Yeah. Okay. I'm good. And then we started going into like grounding exercises. And then, you know, he's, you know, and he was telling me to describe a plant. I remember I'm sitting in the office and I'm describing a plant. I'm like, well, it's green. He's like, no, 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 no. Start at the bottom. What do you, and, you know, and I had to go up the brain, up the, the limbs and the branches and the plant and, you know, basically describe the whole thing. And by the time I, I got finished describing this plant, I was back to okay. Wow. And I guess the one thing that, that really helped was understanding that it's like a it's like a tape player just needing to play out, you know. And as you know, I had a I had a fucking raging opiate issue also. Um, and one of the one of the biggest things that I took from from my I did an outpatient rehab at the VA. Um, one of the the biggest things I took from that was, you know, a craving will only can at the most will last eight minutes. That's it. Is that true? That. I'm thinking, oh my god, a craving it's gonna last forever. They're like, no, eight minutes at the most. Is that true? Said, yeah. And I said eight minutes. He goes, yeah, eight minutes. He said if you can get through it for eight minutes, it'll pass. It's like bullshit. And the one thing that I really had to come to terms with was, was cutting the cord between the intensity of the feeling and the duration of the feeling. And it was hard for me in the beginning to kind of separate the two. It's like, wait a second, this feels really intense, but it's only for eight minutes. I can do anything for eight minutes. Yeah, right. right. You know, that coming to that realization that the, the actual intensity of what I felt, no matter how intense it was, it was going to pass quick. So don't give into it. You, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I mean, I say it a lot, uh, you know, that, uh, if you, if you think back to the hardest shit you ever had to face in your life and you realize that you made it through that, then you can deal with this shit, whatever the fuck it is that you're dealing with now, because you've already dealt with so many battles, you know, and a lot of times that helps reset me. Like, you know what? This ain't shit. Yeah. I, I fucking landed on my feet after I went through that. I will fucking land on my feet after this shit. Um, but it's, uh, you know... I tell you, man, I just, uh, I just want to thank you for, um, you know, for being there for me and, uh, and I'm lucky to have friends like you, man, you know. I appreciate it, man. It goes, it goes both ways, for real. Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy that, you know, my experience can, can lend to helping a friend. Man. You know? Look, you... I, don't, I don't have all the answers, not even close, and, you know, in terms of, like, what, what, what I saw in the military, look, we, we saw more than some, less than others. Um, but, you know, it's, 
it's, it's a good feeling to know that you that you have the knowledge and the ability to kind of pull somebody out of out of a pretty bad spot. You know, and that's that helps. You know, I know the the disease model, the AANA thing. They talk about service, and you know, look, the, the same goes. You know, for for guys and girls with, with PTSD, it's you know, it's a really good feeling when you can help somebody that you give a shit about out of a hole. And it's it kind of empowering to you knowing that, wow, you know what, because of what I went through, yeah, it sucked, but because of what I went through, I can now do this for, for them. And that's, that's, a, that's a really good thing. And that, that's helped me more than I can even tell you, you know? It's, such a, it's, it's a good feeling to know that when, that when your friends need help, they can, they can call you, you know? That's, you. Uh, that's, pretty, that's, that's pretty good to go. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what, man? Um, you know, I, I uh, part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I think that when when you're able to confront things within yourself and admit things to yourself, I think it's even more uh, valuable when you can admit it to the world and possibly. Uh, get other people off that fucking ledge too you know because uh you know people think i'm strong or i'm tough or you know i'm this or that or, you know i look like a gargoyle or whatever whatever but you know but at the end of the day you know i there's been some times that it's been really rough for me to keep it together and um uh, Again, you know, when, when, when we lost Tony, man, that shit was like a real fucking blow to me because I was like, damn, man, I thought, I fucking thought you made it, dude. You know, like, I, I thought you fucking, I thought you were going to teach us all how to fucking survive. Like, so, you know, a few people have gotten to me and, you know, people have told me that my music, you know, got the, Jocko, Jocko fucking willing told me that my music got him through through some of the hardest parts of his life, to me, that was like, I, I, I felt like that was, uh, that was a gift from like, from God to be able to like, take some of the load off of someone else just through my, through my music without even intending to, I, I helped some people and I, it, it gave my music a new meaning to me when he said that. And, uh, and I've had people read my book and say, you know, that it really helped them a lot. So it's like, you know, I guess I'm finally figuring out how to take some of this mess that my life was and, and, and not just, you know, try to pick myself up by my bootstraps, you know, but like the fact that it, it seems to be helping some other people, it, it, I mean, I can't say it made it all worth it, but at least something good is coming of it. You know, so um... I tell you the you know sometimes you know I, I have the same thoughts. It's like, man, what did I go through that for? And you know, recently, you know, I have a I have a two and a half year old, and you know, I'd like to think that I'm now equipped to be a better father, knowing what I've been through. And being able to maybe guide him through some serious shit. He's gonna he's gonna go through it. Every every kid goes through. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and that's where that's what I'm holding on to. It's like, all right, I went through that, so I can be, you know, a guide to my son. I'm I'm fine with it, you know. So you, I'm, 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 I was always trying to find why, 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 why asking why, 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 what the fuck, you know, and. You know, that's a, that's a beautiful fucking uh, it's a beautiful uh, answer to the question why, you know, yeah. so that I could fucking, so I can do right by them and um, yeah, actually ever since I I got out it's always been why 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 you know, and you know there's there's been some other stuff that happened in the, in my time in service that I'm sure we'll talk about at some point, but um. You know, I was, I would, that, that there was that big question, why, why, why? And the second, when he was born, I stopped asking myself why. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever I have inside of me, whatever, you know, whatever navigation system that I kind of, you know, had to, had to manufacture to get through all this, it's going to help him someday. It's going to make me better. That made me better to help him. And I'm good with it, and I stopped asking. I stopped asking why. Dig it. And like, I know why now. It's like I look at him. It's like ah, that's why. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're gonna test. Me. Ah, ah, now I know I went through hell. It was for you, you little shit. <laughs> right on, bro. Right on, man. Well, look, man. Uh. As always, it's great talking to you, and I definitely want to have you on uh, on my on the Harley Flanagan show again because I think that this is uh, this is meaningful, and um, you know if I can if I can uh, you know if this show can actually help some people instead of just be you know more bullshit, <laughs> more of me talking about fucking the weather and what bands I like, you know. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, eight minutes. That's all it takes. Eight minutes. You can ride it out for eight minutes. That's a panic attack. Crave it. Ride it out. You're good. You know what, bro? That is where we're gonna end this show. You motherfuckers. When you're going through it, eight minutes. You can sit with any feeling for eight minutes. I don't care what it is. It's a feeling. It's all it is. It's a feeling. You can sit with it. That's it. Eight minutes. <laughs> Straight up.